Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Shelley Nolden, author of the debut novel, Divines. Shelley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. Sure. Well, if someone hasn't heard about your debut novel yet, how would you describe The Vines? The Vines is a tale of isolation and survival set on what I think is one of the most fascinating places on Earth. There is an abandoned island in the East River near New York City that once housed a quarantine hospital. Today, it is a federally protected bird sanctuary. And the buildings from that hospital are decaying as a forest is overtaking them. And do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write The Vines? Yes. You know, it's a bit of a funny story. So often authors have people say to them, you know, you should write a book about X. And they just smile and nod. My husband and I were returning to New York City on a plane that was descending to LaGuardia. I was working on another manuscript at the time, and he gave me a sharp jab in the ribs and pointed out the window and said, you should write a book about that island. I think it was February at the time, so there were no leaves on the trees. I elbowed him back as I looked out the window, and I could see the ruins on the island and was completely fascinated. And as soon as we land, I pulled out my phone, did a little internet searching, and discovered North Brother Island which I was shocked to realize that I'd been living in New York for over a decade and had never even heard of it before. So, so I followed his advice. That's great. So, so did you end up visiting the island? The only people that are allowed to visit are through sanctioned, um, sanctioned visits by the New York City Parks and Recreation Department. So I have never been to the island. I hope someday I'll be able to. Right now, during the pandemic, they are not allowing any visits to the island. I had to do secondhand research. When I, this jab to the ribs for my husband happened in 2014. And when I started investigating the island's history, it was, I was fascinated by the events that have happened. Mary Mallon lived there. It was the site where the General Slocum steamship carrying 1,300 people ran aground when it had caught fire. Um, there's you know, many stories around the quarantine facility in the 1950s. The complex was used as a treatment center for heroin-addicted teenagers. But I didn't have a strong sense for the setting because there just wasn't enough information available. But miraculously, Christopher Payne, that year in 2014, published the coffee table book, North Brother Island, The Last Unknown Place in New York City, which is a fascinating book. He is a phenomenal photographer. The, I highly recommend that book. The pictures in it are beautiful. They're haunting. And I attended, it just happened to be great timing, I attended a book launch event for him, and it was standing room only. And he was giving a presentation on the history of North Brother Island. You know, the, the big screen behind him had the images, the photographs he'd taken, and the entire audience was captivated by his presentation. And as I was sitting, watching, also captivated, I was looking around the room, and I realized that, yes, I was on to something. This would make a phenomenal novel. And, and so what was your writing journey that led you to writing and getting the Vines published? 
I have always loved writing. Um, when I was, I was diagnosed with leukemia 2011, I was 31 years old. I was almost 20 weeks pregnant at the time. And the first symptom of my illness was losing the baby I was pregnant with. It was a very tough three years. During that time, I, most of my writing was for my cancer blog. So it was very much, you know, writing as therapy. Mm -hmm. And as I was emerging from that experience, I, I turned to focusing on this novel. I mean, it's, it was, took several years of revision because the history of North Brother Island is so fascinating. I knew from the get-go that I wanted a story that included the island's full history from when the hospital facility was first built in 1885 through almost present day. And so that took a lot of work to get the structure right in order to, to touch on all that history. And so what was your writing process when you were working on The Binds? Did you outline the novel extensively or was it more of an organic writing experience? I I did a I did a lot of outlining. The research was extensive, and that's one thing I smiled at in reviews because people have complimented the amount of research that went into this. Um, interestingly, the photographs that are available online, and I encourage anyone that's listening to this to just do a Google image search of North Brother Island. I took every single one of those photographs and cataloged it, and the way I was able to do that is. Because in Christopher Payne's book, he actually had caption, whereas other online collections I'd seen did not have captions. But his captions gave the stated the locate or the building name of each of the photographs, and so I became so familiar with those buildings that now when I look online, you can bring up any picture, and I'll tell you right away what building it is. And I couldn't do that before Christopher's book. He also had a map that enabled me to get a sense for the setting and what buildings I could have scenes take place in. And so, regarding the actual, oh, yeah, sorry, no, no, just ahead, regarding the actual photographs in terms of my writing process, it was a blast. Once I had all the photographs cataloged, I used them to brainstorm different scenes. So the opening scene of the book, there is a in the staff house, the outer wall of the bathroom has crumbled, and you can actually see the porcelain cracked tub in Christopher Payne's photograph. And so the opening scene contains that bathroom. And I did that throughout the book. So anyone who reads the book and then looks at online photographs will find these little Easter eggs um, with details from the photos that connect to the plot. That's, that's great. I was going to ask, has Christopher read your novel yet? He hasn't, but I hope he does. I, I hope he hasn't, because I think he, I think he would recognize how much research went into it. That's great. Well, what was the path to publication for you once you completed the novel? So I was um, working with a literary agent, and that process was not going as quickly or smoothly as I had hoped. And then we hit the pandemic last summer, or excuse me, last spring. And all of a sudden, this novel, which deals with contagious diseases, search or hunt for a universal vaccine, felt very timely. And so I decided at that point that I wanted to move quicker to publication. So I started working with a small press named Freiling Publishing so that I could have this come out sooner than if I'd worked with a big publisher. <laughs> 
So are you working on another novel now? I'm working on the sequel, actually. And that's the, the concept. It's, it's, of course, has a lot of the same content, but this is a fascinating fact I'm about to share that a lot of people, just like with North Brother, are not aware of this. But in 1780, the HMS, HMS Hussar, which was a British frigate, was carrying a golden guinea, or rumored to be carrying a golden guinea payload to Boston for British soldiers, and it sunk in the East River. That ship has never been recovered, and it's rumored the payload payrolls rumored to be worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And so in the first book, there's reference to that ship, and the main character finds a golden guinea in the sand. So that ship will play a bigger role in the sequel. That sounds great. Well, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories and novels? I would say never give up. I would also say make sure that you've gone through many revisions because it's easy to feel like you're finished as soon as you have that first draft done. But I think it takes a solid several rounds of rewriting before it's ready to come to market. And I'm, I'm definitely learning that now that it's out in the world, that I'm glad I spent as much time revising it as I have. And what was that revision process like for you? Uh, it was a lot of finding out what wasn't working, tearing it apart, and putting it back together. My novel takes place in dual timelines. So there was a lot of finessing around tracking those two different stories and making sure that they flow together. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, but but I enjoy rewriting. I think it's easier to move around words than to stare at the blinking cursor on the blank page. Sure. Well, what fiction or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? Yeah. Oh, and one other note on the editing. Yes. I have a fabulous editor, and I think editors don't get enough credit, um, right? Their names aren't on the cover, but Benay Nauer is my editor, and, and she was incredibly helpful throughout the process. And and how did that how did that um uh working kind of partnership or relationship work with your editor? Uh she we would talk about chapters ahead of time, what I intended to do with them, and then I would write them and she'd come back and gently give me suggestions for improving and then also help with the copy editing. And she she's an early morning riser too, so there were a lot of seven AM conversations. <laughs> That's great. 
So regarding, and your other question was regarding. Yeah, what fiction or nonfiction books? books have you read recently that you enjoyed? Well, one book I recently read that I felt like really re- related to my own novel is Karen Diola's The Marsh King's Daughter. That's another story with a very strong setting. It's set in the um, UP, Michigan, and is another tale where it's centered on isolation and survivalism. I just loved how suspenseful that story is, how you know, emotionally rife, um, and what a conflict the main character had. Not sure if you're familiar with that book, but the, the main character, Helena, her father, had actually kidnapped her mother, and she was the, the, the product of that um, kidnapping. So th- that's probably the, one of the more recent influences on my writing. I really admire her writing style. That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your debut novel, The Vines? My website is ShellyNolden.com. There's a tab on there called About NBI. I've spent a lot of time on there building out the resources. People would like to learn more about North Brother Island. The Probably the most rewarding aspect so far of this publishing journey is the feedback I've been getting on my Facebook page, ShellyNoldenAuthor.com. I posted a post that shows the map that we created, showing the structures of the island in 3D format, which had never been done before. And the comments there have been nothing short of incredible. As I was doing this research, it was all online, in print, and now I've met several people that have direct experience with the island. There's some comments there by a member, a retired member of the police force who was in the harbor unit that patrolled around North Brother Island. And he's been on North Brother Island. I had a construction worker who'd also been on a sanctioned visit who sent me images that he'd taken himself with his phone. There was a woman who, um, her great-grandmother, her grandmother, and her two great-uncles were on the Slocum when it caught fire and jumped into the water to escape the blaze and were rescued um, by a off-duty fireman. And so she's been sharing some of her family history with me. And just last night, I had a woman who, in the late 1940s, after World War II, the island was used as housing housing for veterans returning from the war that were studying in New York universities under the GI Bill. Her father was studying to become a professor at Columbia, and she wasn't technically born on the island, but her mother took a ferry over to the mainland to a hospital to have the baby, (laughs) and then they came back over. And so she spent her first two years on the island. And last night, she just sent me a picture of her as a baby sitting on a park bench with one of the the structures behind her. And so it's it's just incredibly rewarding to hear these stories. That's great. I, I think that fans of New York City will really be interested in your novel. Yeah, it's part it's a little known piece of history. And now that we've had this pandemic, it's even more relevant. That's great. Well again, we've been speaking with Shelley Nolden, author of the debut novel The Vines. The novel is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Shelly, thanks for doing this interview. Jeff, thank you so much for having me. That's great. 
Now, stay tuned for a brief excerpt from the audiobook of The Vines by Shelley Nolden, available wherever audiobooks are sold. 2007. Forty-four years since the abandonment of Riverside Hospital on North Brother Island, north of Hellgate, in New York City's East River. July. A thick keloid encircled the young woman's throat like a noose, ready to seize her last breath. Though any one of the other faded wounds gripping her slender, muscular body should have already claimed it. Humming an achingly sad tune, she reached for an elixir bottle beside the cracked porcelain tub in which she stood. As she twisted, a tangled, worm-like network of whip marks on her back met the glow of dawn pervading the forest. For the past four decades, indigenous and invasive plants had been hell-bent on destroying the remains of Riverside Hospital. Unchallenged by the collapsed outer wall of the first-floor bathroom, a shaft of sunlight irradiated her glistening skin. Maybe she's a ghost, Finn Gettler thought, from behind a cottonwood, as the woman lathered her hair. Thousands had died here. Many more had suffered. But not everyone who should have perished had. This only his family knew. A chill passed across the back of his sweat-slick neck, and he shivered. Finn didn't believe in the paranormal world. If ghosts were real, however, this shuttered contagion hospital would have spawned them. A distant shriek pierced his eardrums. The sound must have come from one of the black-crowned night herons nesting at North Brother Island's southern end. The woman tilted back her head and released water from a camp shower bag. It flowed down her long hair to the top of her calves, where the dirt-caked tub shielded the rest of her from view. During his stint in the Peace Corps in Africa, not once had he seen a body so mutilated, nor in his 28 years on this earth, one so graceful. An impossible combination. Yet there she stood. His heart pulsing, Finn pressed himself against a tree trunk strangled by a mulberry vine. There was something off about this place he'd been longing to visit his entire life. He could feel it, an aching brittleness, as if he'd already been reduced to the same decaying state as the bird carcass his boot had crunched in the darkness an hour earlier. As she raised her arms to rinse the suds, he could see the contours of her biceps. More warrior than victim from the looks of it, she likely wouldn't appreciate his help or his gaze. Neither would his girlfriend, but if Lily were here, she'd be just as alarmed by this woman's appearance. A mosquito buzzed near his neck, seemingly undeterred by his bug spray. The woman couldn't possibly hear a slap above the rising noise from the birds, but she might notice the motion. So Finn held still. She twisted to scrub her back. Her physique and tank-top tan lines reminded him of the rock climbers he'd encountered during his expeditions thus far, in his quest to cross the world's twenty most dangerous bridges. Her body, however, looked more like it had gone through a blender than fallen from a cliff. Is she using this island to hide from whoever's been hurting her? Finn wondered. 
With a sudden premonition that they weren't alone, he eyed the forest. No one materialized from the whispering green. Slowing his breathing, he turned to study her for signs of recent abuse. Her eyes now closed, she continued singing the same melancholy tune. Her voice had a raspy edge. Only someone confident in her solitude would croon and expose herself like that. The makeshift shower likely meant she hadn't kayaked through the pre-dawn East River chop, as he'd done to avoid detection by the NYPD harbor unit. She must have camped here overnight. To avoid an awkward confrontation, Finn thought it best to sneak back to his kayak, hidden in the brambles near the docks. Yet he couldn't compel himself to move. The squawking of the herons intensified. Soon, he realized, the blur of early morning would sharpen into clean lines. He had to get going, but his trek through the island's interior with only a flashlight had disoriented him. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.